0: You're listening to What the Catholic, a Colonel Catholic podcast where we discuss various topics submitted by our students. We hope you enjoy this episode. God bless and go, Colonels. Welcome to this episode of What the Catholic. My name is Father Patrick Riviere. I'm the associate pastor at St. Thomas. And I am Garrett Land. I'm one of the focus missionaries at Nickel State. We're joined by a special guest, Miss Elaine Beyer. Um, uh, very excited to have her here. This episode, we're talking about um, apologetics in general. Like what is apologetics? How do we do it? And kind of getting into some of the, uh, the practicalities of how that can work. And so we got Miss Elaine, our resident apologetics expert. <laughs> I deny that, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. So if we could just ask you to maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, what sure. you do, where you're, where you're from, that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. Um, I sort of stumbled into um, a study of apologetics. I um, just had a lot of questions myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a bachelor's degree in English and ended up with a master's in theology just because I had so many questions. And when I started teaching um, seniors at Vanderbilt Catholic, the diocese was asking us to study apologetics because they wanted our students to be equipped mm-hmm. to hold on to their faith when they left the school. And I found myself the person um, putting, putting some of that together, helping to put some of that together here. and I found really a passion for uncovering truth and speaking truth in a way that draws people in. God Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. truth. One of the transcendentals, God is truth and he draws us through truth and truth. I think is, um, it unveils his heart when it's spoken in
0: love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, that's, that's an important thing just to kind of pull together the truth and the love, um, charity and truth always have to come together. And so we talk about apologetics, um, which I guess just is, um, what did you define that as, like, a defense of... A
1: defense, it's an apologia, so it's a defense, but Mm -hmm. I really think um, we make a mistake when we think of it that way, because we think of it as defensive, Mm -hmm. as if it's somehow adversarial. Mm -hmm. That's certainly not what we mean. What we're trying to do is what St. Peter told us to do. He said, always be ready to give a reason for your hope, but Mm -hmm. do that with gentleness and reverence. The more that we know, the more that we're able to engage a world that has lost sight of truth, that doesn't Mm -hmm. even believe truth is a thing anymore. So the more that we know, the more equipped we are to throw a lifeline into those those dark places and pull those people back out and and to try and unveil. I tell my students all the time that even if understanding Catholic teaching doesn't, quote unquote, make you Catholic, Mm -hmm. I at least want (laughs) you to understand that it's rational. Right. to be Catholic, mm-hmm. that these, right. these teachings make sense. We're not all crazy. This isn't a bunch of stupid people who just had said, said, Hey, let's eat God. That's a good idea. <laughs> hey, that's weird. It's weird. Uh-huh. If we don't understand the why, then the what is going to be incomprehensible to right. us. So that part's really important, I think.
2: Right. And I think what you said about speaking truth and charity is like the fundamental aspect of apologetics, because I find myself at times, and I think of a big problem a big trap that we fall into is that we want to convert people but really what apologetics is there for is everyone's on a path Mm -hmm. and there's always obstacles on a path and we're simply there just to remove obstacles so that they can come to know the truth about Mm -hmm. Jesus and his church and so I think we have to have that mindset of not imposing of not Mm -hmm. being authoritative but being loving I love that. I Mm -hmm.
1: love that. I tell my students all the time God is not in the market for used car salesmen. (laughs) That's not my job. He doesn't need me to trick you or Mm -hmm. convince you or finesse things so that you are convinced. Mm -hmm. He needs me to present the truth. It was St. Augustine who said the truth is like a lion, it doesn't need to be defended, just set it free. Mm -hmm. It'll defend (laughs) itself. That's all we have to do. So when we talk about apologetics, I think we need to see it not as a defense or a debate or an argument Mm -hmm. but as an invitation right and I think that's a very different way to dialogue
0: right so I'm thinking just like so you're a high school or a religion teacher Uh, Garrett you're a focused missionary I'm a priest and so I think people come and they ask questions like all right tell me about why do you Catholics believe this Mm -hmm. because in each of our own our audiences were seen as like the authority, yep, so right. someone comes up and says, "All right, tell me about like why do you why do you Catholics worship Mary? Why do you like where where's purgatory in the Bible?" Comes up with those kind of questions. How can we? I guess like my initial reaction is to like I want to get adver- like I feel Absolutely. like I'm I want to get adversarial right. and how do we what what can that how can that look?
1: I think the first step is always relationship. Mm-hmm. So, before I answer a question, I want to know where the question's coming from. Mm-hmm. I want to understand the person that I'm speaking with, not the question that they're asking me. That's secondary. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing is, what do you know? Where is that coming from? What, what Can you tell me what you already know about that? Uh-huh. Very often, the question that they, they come with is not really the question they're asking.
2: Right. So,
1: they might be asking, what's up with purgatory? What they really mean is, can God forgive me my my beloved so-and-so passed away and i don't think they went to heaven i don't know where they are Mm -hmm. and that scares me Mm -hmm. or confession questions tend to be personal questions Mm -hmm. eucharist questions there tends to be something underneath it so the first and most important thing i think is to remember we're speaking to a person and that person is beloved of god Mm -hmm. and so before it can become adversarial the first thing that we do is we connect on a heart level before we connect on a head level. Mm. I think that's really the first step to any to anything that we do. <laughs> I mean, my right. goodness, if you're getting a cup of coffee, connect with your barista, like whatever <laughs> yeah. you're doing. Uh-huh. This you know, we we lose sight of that, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I think we can talk about um, fundamental questions.
0: Right, right. Uh-huh.
2: and I think within the relationship, like to two-way street, and so I feel like a lot of the times, us as Catholics, we get asked a lot of questions, but we don't do a lot of asking, and so the mm-hmm. key for us, you said don't be dis- defensive, like, we, you can be offensive as well, like, you want to get to the heart of the question, so you need to ask them, like, where, where is this belief that mm-hmm. you have come from, like, mm-hmm. and just create a conversation within that, because a lot of times, we just simply we feel like our backs are against the wall and we just have to answer all the questions and not ask anything but we should know them first mm-hmm. and that's where we'll find the root of the question so right
0: and it's i i guess I've, i see um, in conversations that i have um, it's not me i'm not going to i'm not the one who's going to convert anybody exactly um it's jesus it's like the jesus is the one who's acting and so what i do is i'm not it, it just changes the, it's, it's it's subtle, it may not even be perceptible, but it changes the way that I enter into the dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not going in to convert you, I'm going in just to see your heart, um, in hopes that through this conversation, um, Jesus, like we could, we can work together to open a path for Jesus to come in. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes it's just clear in the waters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's all sorts of gunk that mm-hmm. gets in there and makes it hard to see. Right. right. And so our job is to just go in and clear things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh well, let me explain that misconception. Yeah. Let me clarify that teaching. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just sort of point the way. Right. And the hope is that if we clear things up a little bit, it's Jesus that they'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want anybody to be impressed with me. There's nothing impressive about me, and <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna save anybody. I want to uh-huh. to help get the the clouds out of the way, whatever's clouding their vision, and then I need to get out of the way too, right? Yeah, and yeah. let them be in relationship with the one who can save them.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And I have a question, Miss Elaine. Mm-hmm. I've heard this before. Um, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and so all, all my friends are Protestant. And a lot of things that they talk about is we have a lot of similarities and we have some differences. So let's just kind of accept it. So, like the ecumenical side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, why? is apologetics important for us like why is it important
1: a great question things? and I, I think we can approach it from two angles
2: mm-hmm.
1: on one level i think there's some truth in what they're saying mm-hmm. we have a lot to celebrate these are our brothers and sisters in christ we share a father and we have a lot to celebrate in terms of every christian denomination just drawing together and rejoicing in the things that we share and i don't think we should lose sight of that ever i think that's incredibly important to remember that we agree on so much and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Um, what I would say, and I'm, I'm thinking about people that I love, mm-hmm. who are who love Jesus very much but are not Catholic. What I would say is, it's the richness of the Eucharist, of Mary, of of the the authority, the magisterial authority of confession. We have such treasures here right. because I love them. I want them to have the fullness of the feast. Mm. I want them to have all of the riches. I want them to have all of the graces. So apologetics to me is an invitation. Yes, you have found Christ, and that is amazing and beautiful and wonderful, but wait, there's more, Mm -hmm. but wait, there's more. He wants to give you even more than you have right now. And so I I think that idea of indifferentism, it doesn't really matter which religion you are, so Mm -hmm. you love Jesus, it's why I'm spiritual but not religious, all that that baloney. Um, Ultimately, it's an invitation. We also, and at the risk of sounding harsh, I wanna say this too, we also have to take Jesus at his word. Mm -hmm. If he said that these things were important and he repeated them and told us clearly that these things were important, who am I to say they're not? Who am I to say that those things don't matter if he said that they do? If he said, do this in memory of me, Mm -hmm. I don't get to say, nah, I don't think so. (laughs) 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 That's not my place. I need to adopt a more humble position and understand what it is he's asking of me and seek his will in his heart and follow that no matter what.
0: Hmm. Can either of y'all speak to, um, I guess, like experience it's like either positive or negative. Does anything come to mind? Um, I have one, one thing that comes to mind. I want to, Garrett, if you have something, or, or Miss Elaine. Just like our
2: experience within. Like, yeah, just like a pol- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say when I was having my conversion, uh-huh. um, it was more negative. Uh, because, like I said, I, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I'm, me and one of my friends are the only practicing Catholics. So uh, when I started to get in my faith, like, people recognize that. And mm-hmm. so they had a lot of questions. They're like, questions or statements of that, like, you know, the church invented purgatory to make money. You know, you worship <laughs> Mary, like some crazy. That didn't work out so well for us. <laughs> yeah. we, we needed a better plan. Right. But it was more of like telling me what I believed rather than asking, you know, rather than um, seeking uh, the truth within that. And so I, I had more of a negative uh, mm-hmm. a f- experience with it. But now that I've grown a relationship, like mm-hmm. we mentioned with people, now we've had more civil conversations, of like confession, the Eucharist, the papacy, um, and it's been fruitful. Uh, right. Last year, um, we were at training and uh, we were fundraising. I was talking to a guy, a good friend. and It was an hour and a half conversation. It was just a dialogue back and forth, and uh, <laughs> it took up the whole period of time for me for the phone calls. And right. I just remember telling Megan that, and she's like, "That was all with one person." I was like, "Yeah," but it was very, very fruitful. So mm-hmm. like. Conversation has shifted to where I've had a good experiences as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think we live in kind of a dangerous time because so much um, of the, so many of these kinds of dialogues happen in a way that's not face to face. They happen over some kind of electronic media. Right. Uh-huh. So my first sort of apologetics encounter was over email because mm-hmm. I'm old. You can't tell that on the podcast, <laughs> but I'm old. Uh, so it was over email uh-huh. um, a college friend who had. Um, become really active in a mm-hmm. church that had an anti-Catholic bias, mm-hmm. who was, I think, genuinely worried for the salvation of my soul mm-hmm. and sent me for six months. We had an email, back and forth email dialogue that was incredibly not fruitful,
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: wretchedly not right. fruitful, because as soon as I would answer a question, <coughs> she would come back with another question. Mm-hmm. Clearly not a dialogue. It was clearly just trying to, to test me, to to find the the doctrine that was going to make me leave. Right. Um, and it really turned me off to apologetics. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot mm-hmm. because I it made me study. So it was very fruitful in that regard. But it turned me off to the idea of debates or mm-hmm. any kind of conflict. So I avoid that. And I tell my students to do the same. I tell my students, you're not going to win a flame war, that the, the mm-hmm. YouTube comments are not the place to convert <laughs> right. souls. Yeah. Like, just why engage Facebook with that? Comments. Stay <laughs> out. Oh, you're revealing your age, Father Facebook, oh, Facebook, the Insta- nursing home of Instagram, social media, Instagram, comments yeah. or your snaps. Yes, there yeah. we go. Whatever, do a um. TikTok apologetic, whatever. you see how old I am? I still
0: don't even know what TikTok is. All right, um, that's okay. I know. So um, I actually had a, my first apologetics encounter. It was actually in person, um, but it was it was very much a, um, it was a question back and forth. I wasn't equipped to answer the questions. I was I was younger, and so I was in college, but not in seminary yet. So not like I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I was I was it was in the process of going to seminary though. So I like I thought I knew things, and then I realized I don't actually know anything. Mm-hmm. But the but so it, what turned me off though I, I I have I've had a negative, like lens towards apologetics since that encounter. But I think it's because we're not actually no, we're not dialoguing. We're trying to convert each other. Right. We're trying to hit each other back and forth with these questions, and it wasn't. No one got anywhere right. um, because we weren't actually talking to each other. We were just um, flinging questions right. back and forth. And so, if both people aren't on that same page, that's like it's it's got to be it's got to be a, a two way street, right? Mm-hmm. right? Both people have to re- recognize that. Hey, before we're trying to convert anybody we're entering into a relationship exactly. we're going to talk to each other and and we can we can have that kind of conversation exactly. um, but if that's not there on either party's part then it I don't want to say it's not going to work but it's not I going think to work. well what
1: I this is what I would say though I think it's important still to understand the issues mm-hmm. because I think apologetics can be a shield it should be a shield more than a sword that it can protect my own faith when I'm being attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that I understand where the church's teachings come from, mm-hmm. that I understand the reasons, I understand God's heart in these teachings, mm-hmm. when I'm being attacked in a classroom or on the on campus, or I, even if I feel like this isn't a really a situation where I can, I feel like it's fruitful to respond. Mm-hmm. It's not going to shake my faith because I do understand. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to know for that reason. I also think we have to keep in mind that very rarely do these conversations happen in a vacuum. Quite often, Mm -hmm. the person who's challenging you is doing so in front of some kind of audience. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not gonna convince that person Mm -hmm. of anything, there are other people listening who Mm -hmm. need to hear that we have an answer.
0: That's right.
1: And so I I think for those reasons, we we don't need to back, off necessarily as long as we can hold on to charity to Mm -hmm. speak the truth Mm -hmm. in love we can't we can't speak if if we start getting upset we need to excuse ourselves Mm -hmm. if we start getting worked up or we start feeling adversarial like you said Mm -hmm. then that means we need to and, and don't walk away that means we say you know what um i would really like to talk to you about this but this really doesn't feel like the right forum can we meet for coffee later I'd love to talk to you. Can we schedule another time to meet? And then you follow up with that person, mm-hmm. knowing that that person is beloved of God, and that encounter happened for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. Um, so maybe, so our, our students um, submitted a couple questions, so maybe it would be good um, just kind of address a couple of those. Sure. Um, and see what, uh, what what those conversations could hold. Maybe just almost like a, an example of how unapologetic could look. Sure. Um, so a common question that, that I've, I've only been at Nichols for a couple months, but I've heard multiple times, um, is what's up, what's up with Mary? That's kind of like (laughs) the stereotypical thing. Oh man, Um,
1: people love to dog our mom, They dog the mom.
0: (laughs) And it's actually, it's a coincidence because they always quote, um, there's one God, one mediator, Jesus Christ, and from first Timothy. And ironically, that reading has come up multiple times in in this past Sunday in the daily mass readings it's pertinent i yeah. guess
1: yes and i love when they when people begin a conversation by pulling out a scripture verse cuz guess what we love as catholics the scriptures <laughs> so you pull a scripture verse out i'm uh-huh. like what yes i love the scriptures let's talk about it so do catholics we believe the scriptures <laughs> no catholic does so when they say there's one mediator between uh-huh. god and man we can say right isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that Jesus stands as the mediator between God and man and in his love for us he invites us to participate mm-hmm. in that one mediatorship of his. So we get to so every time that I pray for you I You're am
0: participating.
1: A, I'm participating mm-hmm. in that mediatorship mm-hmm. of Christ. He allows me into that relationship. He allows me, messy little me, to be an instrument Of salvation in your life that's insane so we are all in that sense
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: little mediators Mm -hmm. but only to the people that we have contact with my circle's pretty limited Mm -hmm. i'm (laughs) kind of a loser my circle's limited mary though because through her christ came into the world Mm -hmm. her participation in the salvation of souls touches every single person she played a role in the salvation of every single person so she got to participate in christ's mediatorship in the salvation of every soul that's ever lived Mm -hmm. that's so cool (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) Uh so what i get to do to the people that with the people that i know where i get to pray for you i get to have conversations about jesus Mm -hmm. i get to share my love for jesus with you and that might Open up a window, maybe, or, or open up a new idea and draw you into a relationship with Jesus. And I get to say, Jesus is the mediator. Uh-huh. Nothing goes, nothing happens without him in the story. Right. But I might be able to be a signpost pointing you to him. And I get to, in that way, participate in that mediatorship. Mm. Mary got to do that for everybody. And that's obviously what she's trying to do. She's a signpost. What's the last thing we hear her say in scripture?
0: do whatever whatever he tells you
1: like what is she's not trying to steal a spotlight
0: she's always pointing to she's always pointing
1: to him we honor mary in the church not because of who mary is but because of who jesus is Mm -hmm. because of who her blessedness her holiness her sanctification is because of her son it's his power his glory Mm -hmm. that she was able to participate in so we honor, without honoring her, mm-hmm. we're dishonoring him. Right. You know, I, I mean, I know your mom, Father Patrick, <laughs> and I know that your vocation was in part because of her love for you. Absolutely. I know the role that she played yeah. in your life. I can't love you and not love her. How could I do that? Right. But I don't know how you love... I. I've been married for a long time. I love my husband. I've got a huge crush on my husband. <laughs> He's so cute. I love his mother, even if I didn't love her as a person, which I do, I'm really blessed in my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. but even if I didn't, how can I not love the woman who loved the man I love? Right. Who raised the man I love, who kissed his skin knees and made sure he had enough to eat? How can I not love her? Mm. So our love for Mary is rooted in our love for Jesus
0: bringing a very concrete into that of like the, like the image of your marriage and like yeah. you love it. that I, the one that strikes me and just speaking about it in the end that the participatory role um, that we like, we participate. Jesus, um, it's all him, mm-hmm. but in his goodness, he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to just do it. Um, he wants to participate with him in that. was it St. Augustine who said um, that Christ, or Jesus, God made us without us, but He doesn't want to save us without us. Mm-hmm. He wants to. He wants us to be wrapped up in that, so that it's not just we're in, we're personally invested right. in that, and that develops our relationship that much more. That's true for every single person. Exactly. And so, why wouldn't it be preeminently true for the one who brought God into the world? Right.
1: Carried God in her womb. Right. Like, uh, how can we discard that as if right. she was just an incubator? Uh huh. Um, no mother is an incubator mm-hmm. to their child. We, you, you carry that child, a person carrying mm-hmm. a person. That's a profound connection mm-hmm. and a profound relationship. And I'll tell you, when, when Matt and I were dating, when my husband and I were dating, one of my favorite things was to sit at the kitchen table with his mom and hear stories about his childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love talking to Mary. Uh-huh. I love asking Mary what was Jesus like when he was seven? Yeah. Like what, what mm-hmm. was it like the first time that he had to go off on his own and you, yeah. weren't, you weren't with mm-hmm. him? Like I wanna love him with her heart too mm-hmm. and see him through her eyes. It's just another way to love the one I love.
0: Right. And I, think, I guess thinking of her as God, like the one who brought God into the world and like so she's not just an incubator that thinks of like, okay, so she's not just an incubator so we, that's when we talk about things, the truth of the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The perfect vessel to bring the perfect God into the world. Not because of anything she did. Right. Um, because God allowed her um, to do that and to participate in the grace that, that he offers to her to be this perfect vessel that comes into the world. It, exactly. It, it, would, it would be odd if God just had this incubator Right. that he popped out of the world then but to have this vessel this motherly this perfect motherly vessel um, it just makes makes sense that that's how Absolutely. it is right we
1: yeah. keep precious things in precious containers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right if i have something that's precious to me if i have my grandmother's old handkerchief i'm not shoving it in a shoebox mm-hmm. it's not getting i'm going to keep that somewhere safe and precious yeah. because that item is precious to me the more precious the item uh-huh the more care i'm going to take with whatever's holding right. the item so this is why we have museums right for mm-hmm. precious works of art and we care what they look like this is that what mary is right is the vessel mm-hmm. that carried god himself we as as catholics we know right we could use red solo cups in mass <laughs> if we really wanted to, right? For the precious blood. Uh-huh. Why don't we? Why do we care that those vessels are beautiful? Mm-hmm. Not because we care about the cup, because we care about what the cup, the cup holds. Yeah. And in the same way, Mary and her purity did Jesus need her to be pure in order to be pure? Of course not. He's God. Yeah. But was it fitting, fitting to yeah. use the, That's the a Aquinas word. language, right? That's a good to, word, yeah. Right. It was fitting. That the vessel that carried mm-hmm. God himself be pure right. and beautiful mm-hmm. and holy.
0: This is related, I guess, but maybe a, a little. It, it applies in other areas, too, when people are like, where do you find that in the scriptures? Hmm. Where do you find that in the Bible?
1: Right. And I, I love those you, questions uh-huh. because I think um, one of the things that our culture likes is we like um, we like sound bite responses Twitter answers Uh you know if I can't tweet it or make a meme out of it then it must not be (laughs) true right and the beauty of the Catholic faith to me one of the the reasons I fell in love with it is because it's so rich Mm C.S. Lewis says it's it's like real life it's unexpected Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's not what you would imagine if you were just going to make it up it's so rich and so the the when we look at the scriptures that point to Mary do we have a scripture that says and Mary was was immaculately conceived conceived. no no but is scripture permeated with an understanding of mary's Mm. purity Mm -hmm. so the most obvious i think prefiguration of mary in this regard is the ark of the covenant mary as the new ark Mm -hmm. carrying the word of god not on stone but in flesh and when you look at the care that God took when you read the Old Testament and read how mm. carefully he formed chapters the ark. Chapters and chapters and right. chapters exactly. of
0: what the ark had to look like, what it had to be made out of, all, all that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. And that was to carry stone tablets, mm-hmm. to carry God himself, how much more than
0: mm-hmm.
1: must he have cared about the, the formation of that vessel, which is just beautiful yeah mary as the new eve mary i mean when we look yeah. at just all the prefigurations in the old testament that are pointing mm-hmm. towards mary mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes that's easier for people to understand than the quote-unquote proof text
0: right because uh-huh.
1: i can wiggle around a proof text uh-huh. the beauty though of the imagery that the the scriptures give mm-hmm. us i think speaks to a deeper place right. in our hearts
0: and that speaks of how we we look at the scriptures in Use the scriptures. Mm. Um, like, or, there's something unsatisfactory about just like a surface level reading. Right. Yes. Um, but when you see the, tr- the truth that is that underlying that, um, like almost like the vision that the, the, the sacred authors would have had in writing that, um, it just adds to the, it, it reveals the riches. It. It's like I'm, I'm looking at something versus like permeating into the depths of it. It's beautiful to look at, mm-hmm. but there's so much more there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of an example but the only thing I think of is like a person which I guess makes sense because ultimately mm-hmm. the scriptures are a person. a person. We can just look at the person and they're like a beautiful person and then I can get to know the person and that has a whole different kind of beauty. Exactly. Right. Um, so seeing, wow, I never thought about that, but just seeing the scriptures more as, not a book but as a person because ultimately they are a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the beauty of God is that he's a, an infinite person mm-hmm. and and one of my scripture professors um, used to say all the time that there there's an infinite richness in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Every time you go back to the scriptures, I I know you would probably do the same in your studies, you guys, mm-hmm. that I, I'll read something in scripture and then I'll look up, that was not there. The <laughs> that I know that was not there. I have read the story uh-huh. six times, that was not. And uh-huh. there's just so much. It's so rich. Right. And one of the the things that I find as you dig more deeply into the study of quote-unquote apologetics or whatever you want to call it, just the study of theology, seek God's face, then that richness will continue to draw you in. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in beginning conversations, mm-hmm. like we're talking about, I wouldn't necessarily be pulling out, well, here's the Greek translation, yeah. uh, blah, blah. <laughs> be- not that that's not beautiful, because it, it is, is mm-hmm. beautiful. And to understand the, the verb form used, or mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's all fantastic and great information. But I think you have to be aware of your context and the audience right. that you're speaking mm-hmm. with. There are times when that is an absolutely appropriate conversation mm-hmm. to have. And there are times when it's better to draw someone mm-hmm. through imagery and through
0: Right, uh-huh. And that gets back to what we talked about before of like we're primarily in a relationship here. Yes. And so what is that person looking for? What do they what can they receive? Because yes. they can't receive something that they're not ready to, to mm-hmm.
2: receive. Exactly.
0: I think what you said about um,
2: what was it? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I forgot so, to. <laughs> anyways, uh,
2: just the fact of, like, always meeting people where they're at, mm-hmm. I think, is the key. Mm-hmm. Like, we read Jesus in the scriptures, <clears throat> particularly uh, the blind man. Um, you know, the people come out of the village and say, heal this man. What do you do with a blind man? Do you walk fast with a blind man? Right. Or do you mm-hmm. walk s- slow? And you're like, right. watch out, take, go to mm-hmm. your right a little bit right here. Mm-hmm. Not speaking Greek to people, but, like, mm-hmm. to meet them where they're at. And That's what beautiful. happens is, mm-hmm. like, slowly but surely right. he becomes, he's able to see, right? Mm-hmm. Not the first time, but then right. the second time. So, like, continuing to walk with him slowly is very key in apologetics. It's, like, it's not a one-time event. Like, it's a continual progression of meeting right. someone where they're at, walking through their door in mm-hmm. the hopes of walking out of yours. Um, and so, like, bringing them out of the darkness, out of, like, not knowing what the truth is into the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. So... That's what I kind of see. And specifically about Mary, I think we oftentimes forget how significant the incarnation is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. St. Therese, a little way, like the smaller she got, they realized how big God was. And so like, just really think about it. The infinite God who's an infinite person deciding to become one of us mm-hmm. through Mary. Right. And that's like a big jump. That's an infinite jump. And so like to know that like, yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> he chose her from all of eternity right to do that and so it's
1: insane and as a mom i think that's i, I thought about that so much as my, when my children were infants to think to imagine holding <laughs> god in my arms do you give him milk do you give him praise i don't know <laughs> both. <laughs> uh-huh. do i change his diaper do i change my heart both yeah, I mean, right. i don't like what do you do how do you how can i wrap my head mm-hmm. around that how can we disdain that woman she the scriptures say that all generations will call her blessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I am a Bible believing Christian, then that means I I need to obey that scripture too. I need to say that she is blessed mm-hmm. among women.
2: What well, What would you say is the difference between worship and honoring? Oh, I know.
1: absolutely, absolutely <laughs> key. That um, worship belongs to God alone, and and the church is clear on that. They they. It's one of the bummers about English is mm-hmm. we we roll all these words together right. when the church's language when we speak about this in latin it's really clear that what we owe to mary is called hyperdulia so it's this extreme honor that we owe to mary but it is not latria it is not worship we worship god alone in mm-hmm. him alone do we serve mary though we honor the same way that i honor the saints that i honor my parents that i honor the holy people in my life and the more worthy they are of honor the more mm-hmm. honor i give to them Mary is worthy of the highest honor because of what she chose and because of the one who chose her. And so the honor that we give her does not approach the worship that we offer to God. She's a creature. We recognize that Mm -hmm. she's a creature, but she's also, and this melts my brain sometimes, she's also in a sense our destiny. She's our promise. What Mm -hmm. he did for her he will do for us mm-hmm. that he that the way that he elevated her and brought her home to be with him that's the promise that he's making to all of us right. i want that and if i want that if i'm if i'm going someplace new how do i make how do i find my way through a town i've never been i find somebody who's been there before and mm-hmm. i say show me show me the path i ask mary show me the path show me how to love him the way that you love him right i'll ask everybody who loves him I'm gonna ask my priest I'm gonna ask the the old lady who sits in the church that daily mass who's amazing and loves it has loved him for so long I'm gonna ask everybody I'm gonna ask Jesus show me how to love you I'm gonna ask everybody I can think of of course I'm gonna ask his mom mm-hmm. because she's she's there mm-hmm. she finished the race y'all mm-hmm. hey, she, I want what she's got yeah. I want to get there
0: in my own prayer with this like the Marian mysteries that's always the thing that that inspires me the most is the fact that she's like she reveals what God has destined for us, mm-hmm. and so like He's destined, um, like this human sense of, of this this highest honor, this human sense of of almost like a perfection. Um, we're destined to be united with God in heaven um, forever, right. and that Maybe. just it's it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's so big, um, yeah. It's awesome.
0: And so I guess um, as a, a closing thought, um, what came to my mind was like if someone asked me, all right. What's, what's your deal with Mary? And then I say all these beautiful things. Um, but just to remember, I guess, I'm thinking like that person also has to be willing to mm. change what they believe, mm-hmm. um, which is hard, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've grown up believing this certain thing, like I can't expect after one conversation that I'm like, all right, I've said this truth and I've spoken it beautifully and perfectly. And if that person's not, willing to do that you're kind of thinking about the blind man right the the progression the time yep. and the just the focus on the person yep um is just something I guess always to remember that's thing. we can have all the perfect answers um but it's not about the perfect answers right so I guess yeah
1: we say in education we say some things can be taught but most things must be caught like it it can't I can't teach that to you you have to see it in me and want it And I know for for my faith life, that's what has happened Mm -hmm. to me so many times. I've seen someone else's passion, truth, love, gentleness, peace. And I've said, I don't know what that is, but I want it. Mm -hmm. I want to do whatever I have to do to get that. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can allow our love to lead Mm -hmm. in all of our conversations Mm -hmm. and all of our interactions, let that be the the overriding principle Mm -hmm. of every conversation. It's that love that will draw Mm -hmm. them to the heart of God and, and, We get to be a part of that, we get to participate Mm -hmm. in that. In the love
0: of of in every aspect of your life and your faith. And if they if they recognize that, um, that's what that's what pierces hearts. Less it's less what you say. Absolutely. It's the witness of your life. And that I guess gets back to just this we need to try to to be Jesus. Amen. Um, (laughs) To be to participate in that mediator role ourselves in every aspect of our life, and that's where the graces of any kind of conversation we have is gonna come
1: from. Exactly that's apologetics
0: that's apologetics wow i think that's a great place to end yeah mm-hmm. um so thank you everybody very much thank you so much miss elaine oh, my for, pleasure. Uh, for being with us thanks garrett of course. for talking to us i actually um, forgot we were recording i thought we just happened, so. <laughs> that's my favorite part about these podcasts is that we're just talking yeah. and it's great it's a great time um so if you uh you know leave us any comments or emails Um, if you have any thoughts about what we talked about colonelcatholics at gmail.com or leave comments on our social media instagram facebook if you're a little older like me (laughs) Um, we don't have snapchat i don't think we do at least we definitely don't have tiktok because i don't know what that means (laughs) um, but yeah so let us know what you think if you have any more questions feel free to um, if you're on nichols campus stop us Um, if you're in homa and you want to talk to Miss Elaine? Say, oh, she teaches at uh. Teach at well, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Come visit.
1: Come sit um, in on a class. I'd love to have you.
0: Huh. So, um, so thank you very much. Um, we'll see you next week. Right. God bless y'all.